Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Trevor Woods here from SB Nation's Maize and Brew with another getting to know Michigan's opponent. Michigan's opponent this week is UConn, a team who was 1-11 last season but already has a win under the belt this season under head coach Jim Mora Jr. Today with me, he writes for the Daily Campus, which is UConn's student newspaper. Here with me is Cole Steffen. How are we doing, Cole? We're doing great, Trevor. How are you? Hey, I couldn't be better, and this matchup kind of interests me. Last week, Michigan played a team in Hawaii that there wasn't a lot of guys you could point to and say, hey, you know, they could have a chance at being on an NFL roster. UConn, I feel... They do have some players. How has the Jim Mora era gone so far? What do you think of him as the head guy? I honestly think he's done a better job than last year's head coach, Randy Edsel. That's the basis of it. Since he's come to the program, like he was hired in November after Edsel left the program. And what he did was he really changed the program around. He The first game he ever went to for UConn football was as like a visitor, you could say, at the UConn Clemson game last year at Death Valley. And right then and there, he was starting to recruit people. So come like the spring, like it's the winter. I'm taking my second semester of classes, and I really start to see this new mantra. It's called the Husky Revolution. That's what he's been using this whole time. This has been like Moore's master plan for I'd say since like like February or even earlier, maybe January. But he's used that as the basis as a jump line. He wants to change this team culture around. And he made that pretty clear when he brought the spring game back to campus at our soccer stadium, Moroni Stadium. He got a good crowd to show up to that. Our state governor showed up. It was a pretty good time. Um, on top of that, I really think he's he's shown it in practice. I thought it would just be all media hype. 
about the revolution and like getting all these big name recruits, or at least what we think are big name recruits. But it's shown in practice. Like I have, I know people who work like with team that it shows in practice, and no other example of that was present more than in the Utah State game when we the Huskies scored on our very first drive of the season. And uh, I honestly thought this was going to be a different team. Sure, we ended up losing that game, but we actually put up a very competitive fight, losing only by 11 to a team that received, at the time, AP votes. So I guess you could say the more era is going very well. Who would you say are some of the players to watch out for on offense? Offense, you have a quarterback in Zion Turner who's been up and down to start the year, but that's to be expected from a freshman quarterback. And Mora Jr. this week says that UConn, they're committed to Turner. And, you know, there's going to be growing pains, but Turner also said this week that he's getting better. And it doesn't hurt that he has a sub 4440 yard dash running back in Nathan Carter. Aaron Turner. He's averaging 14 yards per reception this season. What do you think of the dynamic of Turner, Carter, and the other Turner in the UConn offense, and how have they been gelling so far? Well, Aaron Turner's mentioned in the past that they, him and Zion Turner are gelling very well. Um, you could kind of see when Zion Turner threw a 56-yard touchdown pass to Aaron Turner last week. But I think the whole gist is, yeah, you mentioned it, Zion Turner's going to have some growing pains. We literally threw him in the fire against Utah State because Rover, our original starting quarterback was Kaquan Roberson. He went down in the second drive of the season against Utah State. But I really think Zion Turner's shown himself. I mean, don't let his numbers deceive you for a second. He was a, Jim Morris said it a bunch of times that he's a proven winner at uh, his former academy, St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale. And although... This isn't as much of a winning program as you would think it is. He really, he's going to take some big steps. There will be some times where he looks like a freshman, a first year, a true freshman. But there will be other times where he looks like he could be a third year starter just from the way he's performed. Yeah, his best performance may have come against an FCS school in CCSU. But he actually does look pretty consistent with his throw sometimes. If anything with Turner, Zion, obviously, not to get confused with Aaron, if he can, like, take that time to read the play, then I really think that could help him take him to the next level. And I'll also speak on the topic of Aaron Turner as well. Aaron Turner has pretty much become our number one wide receiver with the absences of Keelan Marion in the first game of the season in Camp Ross. In addition to him, we also have Nigel Fitzgerald and Kevin Clarcius, and the three of the combined are supposed to be our big three receivers, plus our tight ends. But Aaron Turner is someone whose speed is incredibly underrated. Yeah, he had that 56 touchdown yard touchdown wreck. He got most of that on his own, on his own legs. It, he literally like dashed into the end zone. And there was another play in CCSU where he really showed like his athletic abilities. Like with a, it was I think a third and 17 and third and 19, and it was Aaron Turner. This he was given the ball from Zion, and he just took it for a first down. So you mentioned it with also Nathan Carter, a running back, but. It's all about speed with guys like Aaron Turner. Um, yeah, that defines the modern wide receiver today, but with the right amount of development, Aaron Turner could be one of those guys. Finally, also speak on um, Nathan Carter, who's top three in rushing yards. He had a very good game against Utah State, and he also put up another great performance against CCSU. Sure, he only put up 71 yards against Syracuse, but he, he's got skill, he's got speed. Now, my big thing about the running game 
is we're going to have a little hole. Like, we were relying on Brian Bruton to be our backup running back, but he's now lost for the season. So now we're relying on Devontae Houston, who put up his best game against Syracuse last week. And after that, we have a true freshman, Victor Rosa. So the offense is in a bit of in a bunch of places right now, but our main focus is our run game. Yeah, and last week, Michigan, they played Hawaii, and Michigan played very well against Hawaii, but there was one long run from a speedster running back of Hawaii. So that's something, as far as Michigan's concerned with this week, to get better at. It would be containing some speedsters. Don't give up a 70-yard big play strike. Now, on the other side of the ball for UConn, there has been one linebacker who has been lights out to start the season. It's as simple as that. When you just play a few games and you're already up to 39 tackles on the season with a forced fumble and a fumble recovery, that's pretty impressive stuff. Always getting in the backfield. Jackson Mitchell, can you talk a little bit about him? Yeah, he's a true Connecticut product. He's, he's from Richfield, Connecticut, which is within, like, I think a 70-minute drive from here, from UConn. But, like, he, he was really impressive. I honestly would not be surprised if he goes in this on the second day of the draft next year. But yeah, Jackson Mitchell could easily have another career year. He's already matched he gone beyond his career high in stats. He had one career high was one last year and he has one and a half this year. But Jackson Mitchell is like that guy on defense. He's the anchor. He has thirty nine tackles, like you said, he's third in the he's actually top in the country in three games. But you also have to understand he had two games where he had sixteen tackles. That matches his career high. He he can be a force in that defense and that's something offensive linemen have to look out for I also imagine that but like that defense cannot be Jackson Mitchell alone he has no interceptions but that's perfectly okay he's the linebacker there's also Ian Swenson in that backfield and he's second on the team in tackles but if you have to ask overall who that star defensive player was it's Jackson Mitchell you wrote another really good article Cole and you went into a deep dive a deep dive of University of Michigan athletics through the ages and the title and you can find this on the daily campus dailycampus.com and it's a column Misha Payne and the decade of suffering you want to talk about uh, the research you accumulated for that article and what's your thoughts on the programs all of them meshed into you know one brand I guess you could say because you covered hockey basketball football and other stuff in the article alright so I want to start with the basis of the column and title of the column and like you can just tell right away where it comes from the origin of that but let's just dive into this week's column which indeed was on the decade of suffering decade plus of suffering that the state of Michigan notably the University of Michigan Wolverines have experienced I wanted to write this article because I've been noticing it for at least the last five years. Just, I like have a bunch of teams that I closet root for, and Michigan just so happens to be one of them. And uh, I noticed over the years that they have had a bunch of moments where their hearts just break. And I wanted to at least highlight this. And the timing's perfect because we UConn obviously plays Michigan this week, and I wanted to do it then. So I just went into the details. I already knew that the football program had their history of pain. Yeah, losing the CFP last year to Georgia was bad, but it wasn't as bad as some other moments, as I mentioned in the article. So I'll mention some of those now. There was the, I start, so I started, I wasn't sure how this started, but then I realized that the perfect reason that we've seen Michigan sports the way they are now is because of the 2007 game when Michigan lost to Appalachian State at home. And that's how I started. I also go through the highlights of how Ohio State has, a, has been the big brother of Michigan 
and also how Michigan has like has some bad luck, and it seems like Michigan State. I will say though, this this season you guys put up last year in football with that defense was pretty damn good. Like you guys were just dominant. Yeah, I'm so glad to see you guys win the Big Ten, and it's great to see you guys win the CFP. Yeah, you guys are no answer for Georgia, but that was a fun season. And mentioning Michigan State, the trouble with the snap. So yeah, there's been so much heartbreaks through the years, and one of them was last year during a season in which, like you said, Michigan, they beat Ohio State, they go to the college football playoff, and you're completely correct in your analysis that the loss in the college football playoff to Georgia, it wasn't as painful as some of the others, and you could feel that on the team. They were upset, but I would contend that game they lost last season when they were up more than two touchdowns against those Spartans stung more but it also propelled them the rest of the way and then they went on a run in November and ended up beating Ohio State so it's kind of cool Cole that you closet root for the Wolverines now back to the game at hand on Saturday do you have any predictions uh okay so if this were last year's UConn team I honestly think they would, so we, I'll start with this. We lost to Clemson last year, 44-7, after taking a kickoff return for touchdown to start the game. I don't expect the score to be like that for Michigan. This is a completely different team. If this were Edsel's team, we'd probably lose 60-0. to zero. And it's in a stadium that's probably going to sell out again. But with a team like the one that Jim Moore has constructed, I honestly think we're going to score one, if not two touchdowns. I don't expect this to win the game. That's an overstatement. You guys are literally the number four team in the country. No way. <laughs> but but if, in, in all honesty, I think we're probably going to score one to two touchdowns. I don't know if it's going to happen in garbage time or literally on the first kickoff of the game. If so, so be it. But in the end, I honestly think Michigan's going to come out on top of this one. They're going to make a statement, and they're going to show to the rest of the college football. By a score, I'll, probably, I'll just ballpark it. I'll say 59 to 14. I'm not sure how many touchdowns or field goals are going to be for the Wolverines. And mind you, there might be some safeties, depending on what happens with Zion Turner at the offensive line. But I honestly expect Michigan to make a big statement this week in their third or fourth home games to start the season. Well, you know, the main thing for a program like UConn after a year like they had last year, like we previously stated, 1-11, and it's all about gradual improvement throughout the season, right? So against Utah State, week one, they lose 31-20. Obviously not what you want, but a closely fought game. Uh, Turner had a big day himself. And then a big win, uh 25-point win against Central Connecticut. Obviously, last week, you could say a step back, 48-14 loss to Syracuse. But now, for UConn, they come to Michigan, and it's going to be a blowout, more than likely, as you alluded to. But it could maybe help propel them for a decent NC State team the next week. And then against Fresno State, Florida International, and the rest of the guys down their schedule. And... I find it to be an interesting game on Saturday, Cole. I mean, you have Jim Moore Jr., a former NFL coach. Kind of interesting construct. You know, a guy like that all these years later now coaching UConn after a season like last year. And somebody Moore Jr. knows well from the NFL days in Harbaugh. So do you also find that coaching matchup interesting? Because uh, Moore Jr., he had some good things to say about Harbaugh and the Michigan team this week. Man, that coaching matchup is going to 
coaching matchup is going to be slightly underrated, mind you. One team, both teams have been to the NFC Championship. Well, both coaches. I should start with that. Both teams are in the NF, are not in the NFL. Both coaches have been to the NFC Championship game. Jim Mora went with the Falcons in 2004, only to lose to the Eagles, while Jim Harbaugh took his team to a Super Bowl loss to the Ravens in a game that, where there was a blackout at halftime. Uh, I honestly wasn't considering the um, coaching matchup when I was writing the preview, but it honestly could be something like who's got the better wit. I don't think if I'm actually correct that one was the an assistant under the other. No. You know they both coached at some point coached the Niners. But this could be like a, a tactical warfare, if anything. Oh, no doubt. Well, hey, Cole, thank you for the insight, and I'm sure our listeners and Michigan fans from across the nation appreciate. So thank you. Thank you to Cole Steffen of The Daily Campus. You can find his work on dailycampus.com. And I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. And you can follow me on Twitter at WoodsFootball. Follow us at Brew. And subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a good one, folks.